Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for continuing to listen to this, uh, this very young but hopefully growing podcast. Um, it's been a real pleasure to speak with some amazing guests, including the one that, uh, that, I, have, that I have coming up tonight. But uh, before I get to that, I got a quick announcement, just a very vague announcement, because things are in the works for Excelsior Journeys to be a part of a much bigger project. I know earlier that, uh, that I claimed that Excelsior Journeys was brought to you by the Right Pack Radio Podcasting Network. As plans go, plans will go awry, and all of a sudden, things tend to change. But at the same time, in this case, things are evolving into something truly special. So I am going to be sharing the news about the next phase of Excelsior Journeys in the very near future. But first, I got a little story to tell. This week, I reached a big milestone because it turns out that my books have the, uh, the YA Fantasy and Adventure bookshelf over at Barnes & Noble at the West County Center in, uh, over here in St. Louis, Missouri. A uh, very big accomplishment. And I was, uh, it was around that time that I had spoken with, uh, with one of my coworkers who was asking me where they can get my book. And a coworker went ahead and just gave like a little snarky little crack, just saying in the trunk of his car. And as a, as an author, as an indie author, who's kind of worked his way into a small press, who has gotten an advance, who has gotten, uh, who has gotten his book traditionally published with a professional editor, with a professional cover artist and looking the best and reading the best that it's ever been. It definitely took me back just a little bit, and it definitely stung me because I immediately responded with, actually, you can get it over in the Barnes & Noble catalog. And it was around that time that, uh, that the books had found their way over to the shelves. So an even better 
um, an even better response would have been, actually, you can get them at West County Center at Barnes and Noble. And my plan, hopefully, is to, uh, to get those books in one, uh, one store at a time. But at the same time, I was, I was definitely stung by those remarks. And there were quite a few things that I wanted to say. Nothing vile or anything. I mean, after all, it was just a little crack. And with my own self-effacing humor, I likely would have made that joke myself. Um, but all the things that were going through my head were all the things that I wanted to mention to that coworker of all the th of my accomplishments. That I'm not only an author, that I'm not, I not only have a small press, that I not only got in advance, that I also have, as of this past September, agents. I have been, I've spoken in schools. I have, I've uh, written for websites. I have my own podcast. I have the voiceover experience. I have audiobook narrating, narrating experience. All this stuff that has been that has been going on in at some point in my life, and the little voice in my head just said that felt good, right? Just kind of, you know, like even though you didn't say it out loud, all those things that you were that uh, that you've done, you reminded yourself of that, and that felt good, right? And I said, and I thought to myself, yeah, it did feel good. And then the voice said, well, why aren't you doing that more? And it reminded me that a big weakness of authors, not just myself, but a lot of authors, and really like a lot of artists, is that we as artists always seem to have an issue with promoting ourselves. There are a lot of them that, uh, that have been able to figure it out, that have been able to create this market, great marketing strategy for themselves, that have been able to grasp onto the fact that this is a business, being an author, being an artist of any kind. If you are putting it out there for the world to see, for the, hopefully for the world to purchase, then yeah, it's a business. You got to treat it like that. And a big part of business is promotion. You have to market yourself. You have to market the work that you have done. You have to be proud of the work that you have done. It's very much like what, uh, what Tony Robbins says, claim who you are, claim who your creator made you to be. And that's one thing that's, uh, that's been going through my mind quite a bit lately. And I realized that a perfectly good mantra for myself for 2019 is to hell with modesty because modesty it, you know, can only get you so far. Um, it definitely won't get you very far if you are just constantly shrinking like a little violet when people are asking you what kind of work you do, what kind of product you put out there. And then at that time, it's uh, during, this, during this whole resolutions month, I realized that a big thing that, uh, that a lot of people really want to add as their New Year's resolutions is to get themselves out there more promote themselves, let the world know what they can do. And that's when I came across my guest for tonight. My guest tonight is a LinkedIn video and content strategist who has been called a generous, kind, hilarious, sharp business mind in the marketing industry, who has been called a pioneer and leader in the social media industry. And it is a, it is a, absolute pleasure to have her on to not only share her journey with us, but hopefully provide a little bit of, of uh, inspiration for those of us 
who need to get out there, but aren't sure how exactly. Because yes, I'm on social media, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. And I have some experience with Tumblr, but the one nut that I have yet to really crack and really make my own is LinkedIn. And I'm so thrilled to have our guest here tonight to talk about just that. So I'd like to welcome uh, the LinkedIn video and content strategist, Ms. Uh, Judy Fox. Judy, how are you? Good. I'm so glad to be here. And thank, and thank you so much. And uh, it's, it's funny enough because Judy and I should have had some sort of history together <laughs> in Godwin High School because both of us went through all four years. We both graduated at the same time, class of 94. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow our paths never crossed in all four years. It's, <laughs> it, it blows my mind to, you know, to, to see that. And um, so it's great to finally be able to catch up with you, actually. Yes. And so that way I can actually get a better grasp of your journey, what it was that started you on, on this uh, path that you're on right now. So before we do that, tell us a little bit about your business, because one of the things I see a lot on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook is hashtag Fox Rocks. Tell us yeah. about that. So just to kind of really quickly then jump straight into the ecosystem of LinkedIn and I think anywhere online to brand yourself in a way, especially with a hashtag. Um, Somebody early on said, if you're going to create content and you're going to be consistent, you would want to go ahead and create some type of hashtag that you can always put on every single post that you put out into the world Mm-hmm. And when hashtags even get better and better and better and better at some point, you'll be able to search that hashtag and people will be able to, you'll find your content. And it's true on LinkedIn. I've not played around with it on other platforms, but I, I included a lot. And what I realized is now people constantly shout me out with that hashtag, which keeps more and more people coming over to my profile and checking me out, it's creating this like really circular tornado of activity of people talking. That's awesome. Yeah. Instead of having to remember my name, it's a fun hashtag. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a great, that's a great idea too, you know, to keep it, to keep it simple and to keep it fun because yeah, Fox rocks is a fun, that's a fun phrase to throw out there. And yeah. that's, that's a, that's a great way to, uh, that's a great way to do it. So, um, so let's start at the very, uh, very beginning of all of this. So one of the things, that, I'm just kidding. One of the things that I, that, uh, that I always ask my, ask my guests is to think of the lightning bolt moment, that moment that made you kind of go in that direction of like, that's what I want to do. That's the kind of, that's the kind of person that I want to be. That's the kind of life I want to live. I think the lightning bolt moment for me is more about reaching a point in the corporate or professional world, whatever kind of the climbing the ladder world that I was in Mm -hmm. and heading towards the C-suite and realizing that a lot of that world started to look very permission-based like you have to have permission, depending of course who and what organization you're part of, but it felt very like, I started running into more and more organizations that 
there's just policies and there's rules and it starts to remind you of, I have to have permission to figure out like what I'm going to do for this upcoming business trip. Mm -hmm. It just felt so, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that I felt like, okay, I have a doctor's appointment. I have all these things, or I have this to take care of. And I I didn't, I started to feel like, am I going to be 45? Am I going to be 50? Am I going to be 60 years old still feeling like I have to ask permission? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That just drove me to say, okay, I want to do something else. I want to do something where I have more uh, control over the situation in general in life. I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) That's a, yeah, that, that's great. It's, it's very much kind of like feeling like, like you're in this, rat race basically just at the behest of someone else yeah or, I know, just, or other people you know and you're not living for yourself you're living for them yeah and i couldn't figure it out there was people where i was running into situations and i was saying it's almost like i was like an out-of-body experience watching the situation and being like what are what is the argument here like why are mm-hmm. people so fighting for something um, as if you're protecting this corporate entity. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with corporations and, and working for them. And, right. But I, I look at it and I see some of the ways people are treating each other at the expense of some nebulous corporate entity that in the end would still cut both of us if it wasn't working out. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're no more safe than me and you're, you're positioning maybe yourself to stay if there was some conflict at the company, I just started seeing this from the outside in. And I was like, why are you fighting so hard? What are you protecting? Like, what mm-hmm. are you, I can't figure this out. <laughs> yeah. So. And so, so from there, was that when you know, like you were able to kind of just step out of it and kind of create your own, what, what was it that, you know, was I that definitely the- had a journey. I mean, yeah. I had a very long journey, 20 years. Wow. <laughs> so it's not like I just randomly got out of corporation. Right. I started off on the path to thinking, okay, I was with the first company I joined out of college. I was with them for 10 years. Oh, and wow. so I loved it. And I really, mm-hmm. at that point was really happy. And I didn't feel like things were permission-based and I was felt in charge of my own career kind of feeling and felt, felt good. So I won't say my whole career. Yes. I felt good. I felt secure. And then the economic crisis in 2008, 2009 hit. Oh yes. When I ended up, um, you know, on unemployment and I took full advantage in the sense that I packed up everything and lived nomadically. So, wow. Yeah, I rented out the house that I had bought. I lived out of a suitcase for about a year, maybe a year and a half and traveled. I traveled everywhere. It was so much, it was fun. And I mean, it was a great time to kind of just see the world, but it's almost like from that, it's like I could never come back again (laughs) to the Mm. corporate. I had had lived so like high risk. You saw the other side of it all. Yeah, where I feel like people wouldn't never wouldn't take that risk. They would lose their job and then they would all these other things would happen and that's I mean I definitely had some down moments where I was like, "Oh, this is crazy. I can't believe I lost my job. I did lose a little bit of my identity, but mm-hmm. it, you know, feeling like um untethered 
Mm-hmm. But once I got over that, I was like, I'm seeing the world. I'm traveling. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm in Italy this week. I'm in, <laughs> um, you know, and a lot of that was, um, it just was timing. It just happened so naturally. I can't even explain it. It all just kind of fell into place. So. Wow. Wow. So you, you got to, so you got to experience, you know, experience college. Like backpacking around Europe. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You, you went from college into like a full, you know, like a full-time, full-time career. Yeah. I was climbing. I was looking at the C-suite. I was like going to be director mm-hmm. and then, you know, had my eyesight on VP of a major, you know, fortune 500 type company. So. Wow. And then, and then ended up with a backpack. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's amazing. Like how it happened. I mean, my, you know, like my experience with the financial crisis was, you know, much smaller, you know, like, yeah, I lost my job in January, 2009 as well, you know, like mm-hmm. with a job that I felt very secure with. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, th- down goes Lehman brothers, down goes Madoff. And then all of a sudden everything just unraveled from there, you know, and all of a sudden doors that were, wide open and friendly and everything all of a sudden everyone was shutting those doors and kind of covering themselves and making sure that they were cut you know taken care of and then all of a sudden you know january comes around and half the half the staff at the company that i was at you know is all of a sudden gone mm-hmm. my, myself included so yeah you it know was like a and, stressful time i won't discount that at all it was extremely stressful but oh yeah yeah and i, I went def- through six months of you know like either part-time or full-on unemployment, you know, before I finally got the job that would carry me through the next couple of years at, uh, over New York before making the move to St. Louis. So, you know, like it was, it was interesting. 2000, you know, 2008, 2009 was definitely eventful to say the least. I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> and during that awesome time, the way that you were able to take advantage of that though. That's yeah. You know. Cause that's when I learned how to blog. That's when mm-hmm. I learned. That's when I got really active on LinkedIn. I started networking my butt off. I, but I wasn't doing it the way I'm doing it now, but I was learning the ecosystem then. So I do have to say like my journey with LinkedIn does go back to that point. I remember when I first started at the beginning of being unemployed, I think I was maybe at like 300 connections, maybe 500 connections. Mm -hmm. That was 2008. And then I think by the end, 2009, 2010, I'm trying to think if I was at a thousand or maybe 1,500, I, somewhere in there, because I was really, really trying to grow it. I was trying to get my next job and Mm -hmm. I was learning the ins and outs of connecting and networking and having conversations. And then I was working on my resume, perfecting that. Like, mm-hmm. I think because when you're on unemployment, at least for me, I had challenged myself to not just apply. I actually didn't apply for any jobs anywhere on the internet at all. So I know we're not necessarily going down that direction, but yeah. I will say the 100% of my job search was networking. That's it. I did no job applying online, didn't look for job openings because I was like, who cares? If there's a job opening during this crisis, it's going to be covered by how many people I need to get to a job before it's even open. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it because, yeah, it's the same thing with uh, with auditioning for, say, like a yeah. voiceover project or you know, like an audiobook. You know, you put it on, you put the word out on ACX on uh, the Audiobook Creation Exchange. Mm-hmm. And you're competing with all, all these other people that have, you know, a, obviously, you know, likely a much longer resume than you do. And 
all of a sudden, you know, like you're just getting lost in the shuffle. So, and that's amazing. That's amazing the way that, that you phrase that because my, you know, like my jobs that I've done with audiobook narrating, they've all come through connecting with other people, yeah. with uh, with networking and and befriending, and you know, making sure that uh, that they knew that they can trust me with their novel or exactly. short story. <laughs> yeah. So that's so um so there are a lot of people I know that looked at LinkedIn as kind of like that um that one social media thing that we just don't talk about because <laughs> it's just like it's very put your resume out there and just leave it. <laughs> right. It's just like it's very intimidating and it's you know it's it's hard to navigate and all all that stuff. And they have the LinkedIn premium that's 30 bucks a month. And, you know, just, uh, I think, or if, if they've raised that, I don't know, but, um, but tell, tell, uh, my, uh, wonderful listeners why they should not be afraid of LinkedIn. Well, I'll start first with it's got, I don't know now how many people on the platform, maybe close to 600 million people Wow, who are on signed up they've got accounts i mean obviously that's around the world but that's a lot of people it's not something yeah. to be discounted and then i think the average income of people on the platform is well over if i have to guess it's well over sixty-five thousand. the average wow so i think you know to discount that platform as a place to show up and you're missing out. <laughs> and then yeah. the other thing I want to say is it got bought by Microsoft. And so after that purchase and because Microsoft, um, oh, now this is where I'm not an expert in all of these details, but the, the Skype connection, all the different mm -hmm. um, products and um, apps and everything that can get utilized and can be thriving and changed and updated. And they, uh, they basically added video just almost exactly a year ago, they've added video and the platform has changed. And so that's kind of what a light bulb went off for me. Mm -hmm. So I had been doing, you know, like I said, networking, social selling, kind of functioning on LinkedIn, using it like my resume, like a lot of other people which nothing is wrong with that. I think it's a right. great space to do that. However, the people who are using it in these other amazing ways, which I've now discovered, it's thriving. It's an entire community of entrepreneurs, authors, podcasters, um, you know, the gig economy, the yeah. people finding freelance jobs, VAs. I mean, Everyone's on there now. And the people who are these, um, how do I say this? You will stand out even more if that makes sense. I'm not trying to say, um, you know, oh my gosh, be an early adopter because who right. knows what can ever happen. And there's no guarantees for any social media platform. But mm -hmm. by getting active on LinkedIn myself, I was originally doing it thinking, okay, I'm going to grow the ability to do sales and business development for a particular company and industry I was working for at the time. Mm -hmm. And I just started making videos because I also personally love sharing some of my thoughts with the world. And I didn't have a podcast. I didn't have any other way. And I felt like LinkedIn, it's interesting that so many people are nervous about LinkedIn because I felt like it was a really safe community 
to put your content out there. And the reason why is it is so, um, the trolls and the negative is very mm -hmm. limited on there. And the reason I think it is, is because people's comments, they live mm -hmm. as content. So for example, on Facebook or Instagram or other things, it goes away after a while and people yeah. aren't really following your comments all the time. Mm -hmm. And the only way people are going to know you said something ugly is if they screenshot it. And, you know, if somebody's doing research on you, it's going to be hard to figure out every single comment you've ever made across the internet. I mean, granted, right. they could come across something, but on LinkedIn, it's different. They mm. can search and find all the history of your activity. All the yeah. comments you made are very nicely laid out mm -hmm. in a thread that somebody can just grab and say, here's all of Judy's comments all across the platform. And I think that really is a positive thing for me. And then it's mm -hmm. a thing that deters um, any the business trolls. professional because if you're a troll, you how are you going to find a job if you're going around the internet and it's very searchable and grabbable? Mm -hmm. If I you're don't being know. toxic, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Toxic is a good yeah. word. Yeah. So there, that's kind of my March of 2018. I decided to make my first video. I made a video that was about a minute. I had listened to a podcast on my way to work. I got mm -hmm. to work, sat in my car, shot a quick video saying, hey, I just listened to this podcast. It was great. Here's what the podcast said. Like one tip, one thing I took away from that one episode. And then I went into, I, I clicked, you know, upload and then went into mm -hmm. work and it had, I think, 12,000 views. And wow. I know I was like, my jaw was on the floor or maybe it was like 11,000, but I was like, I went from zero, like I'd never done anything online to like, now I'm getting hundreds of comments, hundreds of DMs. I didn't know what to do with like a hundred DMs. Like, what do you yeah. do with that? <laughs> right. Yeah. So 12,000 views in one day. That's, yeah. how, that's how long it was. Pretty much. It was 24 to 48 hours. I can't remember, but. I remember just seeing like, like I said, when you, well, I haven't said this, but when you right. make a post on LinkedIn, people will start checking out your content, your profile, they'll start mm -hmm. clicking around on you because LinkedIn's like, you just handed somebody a brochure of who you are, like a pamphlet. And so when they go to your profile, they'll start seeing what you populated it with. And I hadn't populated my profile with other than I had said, this is who I am. It read like a resume. and so. Yeah they were kind of like, oh, what do you do? Who are you? Like all these questions. And I was like, oh my gosh, hi. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, all right. So, um, so as, so with that, we can actually kind of put in, I guess, like a tip, you know, like a, um, a, mm -hmm. a first tip, I guess. If you are ready to, if you feel like you're ready to upload some content, you know, create a video or whatever, make sure that you have a profile that's populated. I, yeah, but I, I think the reason why I tell people that is it's, it's something you should do, but whenever mm -hmm. I hear the word should, I'm always like, yeah, but it turned out just fine for me that I didn't, you know? Right. <laughs> so it just, if you know, you're right. Learn from my um, situation, but mm -hmm. I don't want it to stop anybody. I actually right. am so glad in some ways that I didn't stop myself because if somebody had said to me, you have to have this, you have to have that, you have to know. 
I had no idea what my path and journey was going to be. Now, did I have my profile pretty good? Yes. I had Mm -hmm. it filled in. I had a way for people to reach out to me. I had filled in my website. I had filled everything in, but I, you know, I didn't know where it was going to take me and what was going to happen. And I had no idea. I just was like, Oh, I'll, I'll do this. (laughs) So basically it's, it sounds kind of like you want to, if there's almost like there's a happy medium in there because if you give every bit of information about you, then they have no reason to reach out to you. But if they, but if you have, if you have like nothing, then it's almost like you're a blank slate. But if you have just enough info, so that way they can kind of be like, tell me more about this, or what do you think about this? And, you know, all of a sudden it might generate, you know, like some conversations, do you think? Oh, definitely. I think there's ways to position yourself to say, I, you could say something like, I am a whatever, insert genre, insert type, insert whatever author or Mm -hmm. I am, or you can say something like author of this book and podcast um, and put the name of your podcast. And at the end of the day, you're positioning yourself as those, whatever you tell LinkedIn you are, Mm -hmm. the people who come to your profile for the most part, that's who you are. (laughs) Right. So I don't know. I don't know if I really thought about it from creating um, conversation because LinkedIn only gives you so many characters. So it's not like, it's just like any other platform. You can't write and you can't write the whole novel right there. So there, there's always something you're not going to be able to say that's going to spark conversation. So, right. Okay. That sounds great. So, um, so you said that this happened last year, you said that's when you decided to March, March of 2018 is when I uploaded my first video. Granted the video, even the ability to upload a video didn't exist. So uh, it, it was maybe, it was rolled out, I think, to the public somewhere maybe in January, okay. maybe. So it's not like, it's pretty much been a year for a lot of people. So there are, so there are, there's a plethora of tools that are out there for, for creative people to go in and play with, basically on LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah, and LinkedIn is expanding its abilities more and more and more. Like recently I became part of a, soft launch for in a trial period for an events type of part of the platform similar to facebook where you can put an event out there and draw and get eyeballs and people can say they're going and attending and it can you know it's got that same feeling that they're trying to make updates to the platform and they have rolled out a version of stories making stories is something that might get added to LinkedIn this year. We don't know. LinkedIn has rolled out stories to a select, I think, group of colleges. I'm not sure exactly because I don't have all the details of who has it, who doesn't, Mm -hmm. but it looks like it was tested at the college level for the story um, part of the platform that might get added. We don't know. And then, of course, everyone's speculating when is live, the ability to do live video on LinkedIn is being talked about, but there's, I have no official confirmation. (laughs) Right. So they have groups on LinkedIn. They have, um, they have a lot of functionality. I think the biggest thing is 
for some people is just learning the ecosystem and figuring out like you, like you kind of talked about, which is how do you do social selling? How do you announce yourself and what you do in a way that gets results? Because you want results, which is you want your, your book to get uh, more eyeballs and your content to be seen and shared and people to talk about what you're doing and who you are and you want that momentum. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Momentum is, is huge. You know, like that's always some, and it's so fragile, you know, how it can, it can just be all of a sudden it can be huge. And then you like, if you don't take advantage of it, then it just kind of goes away and it goes away quickly, you know, especially in, in this world, in this, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even want to say like, I don't even want to say like the microwave generation, because that was pretty much like us in the eighties that we wanted it now while everyone, Currently, ev- everyone wanted it five minutes ago, you know, so it's, it's <laughs> I think it's like funny the- that you say that because I've been challenging all of those, those mindsets, like that thought that mm-hmm. if you don't capture the momentum, you've missed it. And I have, I've lived with a lot of people in my ear saying, oh my gosh, Judy, you have nothing to sell. You're getting all you, I mean, I got 3 million views <laughs> and yeah. people were like, you don't have anything. You don't have a funnel on your website. You don't have this. You don't have that. You don't have this. And you know, they're kind of like freaking out for me. And it's funny because what you said is, you know, not nothing wrong with it, but I think to myself, it's the, it's the mindset that we all kind of grew up in. in, Yeah. Yeah. And I say to myself, challenge it. Don't, don't let that be, let it be not the answer. Let it be okay that you will keep this, momentum and because you get to decide what it is you and I that sounds funny because Mm -hmm. you can't control other people's behavior online right (laughs) but the biggest thing I've learned is to implement the basics of life if you show interest in others people show interest in you and I know you talked about the community of um authors like say yeah the community of authors and there's a part of me that when I first got online, people were kind of confused why I was connecting with people that maybe didn't make sense in the industry. I was always playing in, if that makes sense. So like Mm -hmm. I, my background's an engineer and I had done environmental compliance and management and sustainability. So if you think about it, that's who I'm supposed to connect with. And I started connecting with marketing professionals, sales professionals, authors, um, anyone. I don't, if you're my, my mindset went to, if you're a good person and you are somebody that I could have a great conversation with, I'll connect with you. If you're somebody that there's what's why, why do we, we have tons of people in the office that we work with that don't do exactly what we do, but we talk to them all the time. Yeah. So I feel like LinkedIn's this like huge office space that I'm going to talk to somebody in accounting because we happen to run into each other by the bathroom right. every single day or the, by the coffee, whatever. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I was like, okay, I'll just connect with people that make sense and they're good people and they're networking and you never know who anyone knows. Everyone knows somebody in general mm-hmm. in life. So I thought it was very interesting and that to me exploded my network And the second thing that happened was, like I said, showing interest 
you know, I can't constantly be online. Like you said, it is exhausting to go in and constantly promote, like you said, other people. Mm-hmm. And there's a balance that you have to strike between um, what you spend your time on and at the same time being able to put your content out there. Yeah. But I don't know. There's, I've just been able to find this kind of balance where if I go on and like and comment and engage, and even if I carve out 20 minutes a day for that on Mm -hmm. other people's content, that's still going to go much further than if I did zero. Yeah. Wow. That's my thoughts. (laughs) And that's, that's great. I love, I love the fact that you, that you can, that you so passionately, you know, challenge all of these mindsets that I've had, you know, like for so many years. And what you're saying is real is it's, it's hitting me right on the head because this is basically everything that I needed to hear for, for the beginning of 2019, for this mindset that, that, uh, that I kind of stumbled into is that, you know, like, why are you constantly not promoting yourself? Why are you constantly putting yourself down? Why are you constantly allowing everyone else around you to succeed and, you know, like promoting them when you should be, you know, putting some out for yourself, you know, and mm-hmm. um, hearing that is just, is just fantastic. So, um, so you had- I might the- even say something controversial right there, <laughs> yeah. but I'll say it really quick. I'll say Go for that- it. Go for it. Um, I started realizing that if I was surrounding myself too much by similar people, I was getting a little bit of the either FOMO or you have this going on. Oh, that's a great opportunity. I wish I had that. Or, oh, you got that interview. Oh, I want that interview. Or so I started getting some of that. Well, I started removing them from my eyeline. I didn't disconnect. Mm -hmm. I will still make sure to go on and I made a list of people that I actually unfollowed their content. I unfollowed. So that way I got to control when I went on to provide support for them. I didn't, there's still people I love, people I want to support. I just had to stop seeing their updates when it wasn't something I needed to see right that minute. I got to control the narrative. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it might sound harsh to some people, but... I well, needed to know that I was in a good mental state when I could be happy for them. Yeah. Like too many people really kind of put this power into social media mm-hmm. and letting it control them and not realizing it, that they can turn that around. Yeah. And, you know, cause yeah, you can't, you can't control what people say, what people think, what people post on there, but you can control what you see, what you take in. Um, and what moment you do it. There might be, days that you're like having a bad day and that's the last thing you need to see pop up and you know that that person maybe posts stuff i'm not saying there anybody you know that anyone would ever be concerned it just might be somebody random but i decided that when i kept seeing their content pop up it made me there was something about it that i was like oh you know maybe i was jealous i mean that's okay that's a real feeling and it's valid (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so, there are plenty of people that I wouldn't just like. Yeah, you know, I love to. You know, you feel like you want to live vicariously through someone else when it's just 
you just kind of need to take a step back and just like, well, wait a second, I have the ability to do this and this and this. Why aren't I, you know, like going ahead and putting it out there? Because who knows, you know, like maybe, you know, like I'll be able to get that sort of connection that's going to get me rolling to get mm -hmm. me on the path that I should be. Not their path, but mm -hmm. the path that, you know, that you as a person should be on. You know, yeah, what, and you yeah. can still support those people. You just make a list of who you yeah. unfollowed. Yeah. And I, I have gone on and made sure that I went and checked their content when I was in a great uplifted mood. And I said, you know what? I'm feeling good right now. I'm going to go check my whole list over here and see what they've been up to and make sure I like and comment and encourage. Yeah, so so everything that you had done before, before you got into LinkedIn, um, mm -hmm. all, all, those, all those things, was that what you had gotten into after you came back from the traveling and kind of, you know, got yourself ready for the next chapter in your life? Like what, what happened um, after you came home, mm -hmm. after you put the backpack down? Oh, I went back to doing what I had always been doing. So for those years, when I graduated college, I had studied chemical engineering in college. I went out into the business world in 1999 as an engineer. And then I got my, I started my master's in environmental management in 2000 or 2001. And then I graduated with that. I did that at night school. <laughs> so yep. I did all, of, and I did that in Chicago and I did that um, until 2004, 2005. And yeah, I mean, I just was um, continuing. I got right back on the original ladder that I, I went right back to it. And I thought, yeah. this is going to be perfect. This is going to be great. And then that's when I just couldn't, I couldn't climb that ladder again. Like 2008, mm -hmm. 2009, I found a great job, great mm -hmm. company. And I just couldn't wrap my head around it. It was mm -hmm. a struggle. And I couldn't understand why it was, it was never that hard of a struggle before. I was always passionate. I was always like, oh my gosh, I'm doing something good for the environment. I'm I'm working. I'm, I just, I couldn't get it again. I couldn't yeah. find that energy to build my career when I kept asking myself, what am I building? Yeah. Either an entrepreneur or even an employee at some mm -hmm. stage, you reach a point where you realize it's all your mindset. <laughs> it's all yeah. your limiting beliefs. It's all your mind. It's all on you because I don't know. I mean, it's like once I realized that, even though that's a pretty recent realization, people have been telling it to me for years, but you just have to freaking realize it yourself. Yeah. It's like you have to you know, stop getting in your own way. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So, um, so with that, so after, so you went through the, the experience, you know, like doing the traveling and everything, mm -hmm. and then you get back into it and then you felt that it wasn't, didn't have that same sort of feeling. What happened then? What, you know, like what led you over to eventually to discover LinkedIn? Was it just like from necessity or was it a matter of, um, was it just like a matter of, of, you know, trying, trying it out, you know, a little bit more to try to see what else it can offer? So I'll back up a little bit more to kind of explain how that happened. But basically, like I said, crisis happened 2008, 2009. And mm -hmm. LinkedIn, again, seemed, it's this platform that, there's no downside to ever being on it in my view. Like, yeah. I don't know why it's just, it's like, that's a way for me to get a job. Why not make that a great place to be or for me to promote myself for network or whatever I want to do. So mm -hmm. from that perspective, I 
I, so I went through, like I said, traveled, I even traveled afterwards. So like 2012 moved to Germany and oh, lived, wow. yeah, lived there for a year. So then got back from Germany in 2013. And that again, continued to confirm that I could run a business by using LinkedIn. So when mm. I was in Germany, 2012 to 2013, I mean, I was doing um, just side gigs, like freelance kind of projects. Yeah. I wasn't working for anyone during that time. So you're right. I didn't just go back to work and start climbing the ladder. I went back to work. I was like, oh, I'll get off again. I went back to work. Yeah. Oh, I'll get off again. You know, and mm -hmm. my son was born in 2012. So I was mm -hmm. kind of thinking, okay, I'll figure out how to get some income here on the side. And it just happened. I mean, it wasn't yeah. something that I was positioning myself for I just mm -hmm. noticed that I could put myself out into the world in a way share articles do the bare minimum and get clients and conversations again specifically in the business and industry that I was in I wasn't going wide I was going deep in my net <laughs> yeah. um, and then I got back from Germany and my life hit a pretty big speed bump with a you know, just a life crisis is what I call it. But I ended up as a single mom and ended up moving, to be honest, moving back in with my parents at 38 mm -hmm. years old and, you know, had to start over and yeah. figure it out again and figure out like, and so that's when I was still, like I said, running my own business and creating contracts with other um, like affiliate type contracts. I was doing all kinds of business, but I reached a point where I felt like I needed to go back to corporate. Mm -hmm. And I still felt like if I found the right corporation and, and it was, I just felt like in my bones, I just need to go back to corporate. That'll be the answer. That'll solve all of this. I'll have purpose. I'll know what ladder I'm climbing again. I won't have to be all over the place where I felt a little all over the place going through that, you know, life crisis. Right. And during that time, I did no social media for four years. And the only social media I did was LinkedIn. And it's because it was business. It had, mm -hmm. I, it changed my entire mindset for why you use the internet. Why do you use social media? Why would I put all this content out there? Why would I just post or rant about politics or anything. I started questioning myself why I would, and even I just started questioning it. And I said, well, wait, what is my goal? Why am yeah. I'm just going to shut it all down. So I shut down all social media except for by shutdown. I mean, just stopped posting. I didn't delete yeah. anything. I just stopped. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it was like, no, nobody really said anything. And yeah. I was pretty active. Like I, I had a blog. I actually had about almost 120,000 views on my blog. Really? I was, yeah, I was building. I had like, maybe I was up to like the thousand Twitter followers. I had 20,000 views per month on my Pinterest. I mean, I'm not talking. I went, yeah, I went like yeah. from I'm being this active person online to zero in the span of a week yeah. <laughs> without telling anybody i just went like and snap <laughs> so yeah, and then that's, that's the interesting part getting back online mm -hmm. that's why it's so interesting because i challenged and that's why i really can challenge that feeling of 
I actually had momentum. I had right. things that people would love to have a pin being repinned 5,000 times. I had inbound leads. I had opportunities and I shut it all down and I was able to turn back on the light switch March of 2018 and it was just fine. I mean, I'm not saying the 12,000 views was, but there's something that you just don't lose. Yeah. So that's why I tell people not to worry, like stop, don't worry. People, mm -hmm. if you leave the internet for a week, it's going to be okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. The internet will continue to go on and it, yeah. will, and it will find you again. <laughs> yeah, the algorithm, humans are the factor. I mean, yes, there's algorithms. Yes, they can throttle your content. But at the end of the day, in my head, I keep saying, if you have a hundred humans that you know, and they know you, Mm -hmm. they'll be your biggest income generating machine that you ever could have created. If you um, can find, let's just, I'm making up a number of course, but if you can just find a hundred humans that you all get along and figure out how to support each other. That's terrific. That's terrific. So um, as a, as a content strategist, I'm yeah. sure you've seen like a lot of, uh, you've seen a lot of things on LinkedIn, on other forms of social media where you just have to kind of like cringe and it's like, stop doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is, what would you say is like the most self-destructive thing that you've seen amongst, you know, like around all forms of social media? I mean, I think um, any type of really anger in a way that is not um, leading somewhere. I mean, I think anger when it's used in a way that is um, towards action or towards a productive type of conversation. But I do feel like just blasting out anger and hatred. I would say it's maybe it's more hatred than anger. Yeah. Because anger, I'm. I think I've. I read posts. I see content, and I'm like, yeah, you be angry. <laughs> like you should be angry about that. Right. Maybe it's more of it's more of a hatred type concern that I see people really blasting out there, and then from a more not that that to me that's the toxic level, and then yeah. the other level where you just back up to people who are trying to figure it out, mm -hmm. and I tell people to really find like five people that you see doing really well, and they don't have to be the huge people, but just somebody who's like. If you said to yourself, wow, I'd love to be, I'd love to have what they have. And yeah. you see yourself saying that, well then dig into some of the posts, dig into five. I'm like, pick five people, dig into five of their best performing posts and see what they did. Deconstruct it because there's a method to that. They know what they're doing. They know how to open. They know, for example, I rewrote somebody's um, LinkedIn post today because I flipped the conversation. The conversation started off, I want to tell you about this. I want to tell you about that. And mm -hmm. I was like, no, don't start with flip it. Yeah. What do you want to give them first? They don't mm -hmm. care in the first three to five seconds what you're thinking. They care what they want to hear from you that's going to impact them and why they should keep watching your video or keep reading your content. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. always flip it, make mm -hmm. it about them first. And a lot of people open up their videos and spend all this time saying, I was thinking today, I woke up and I was doing this and then this came to me. And I'm like, you know, what's interesting is flip it. You can still say those things, 
but start with, have you ever thought about X, Y, Z? I woke up today and I was thinking because you've hooked them. Now yeah. they want to know the rest of your thought. I don't care how you woke. You know what I mean? Like right. the other way, you didn't tell me that there's value I'm going to get out of watching your five minute video. I have zero idea if I'm going to get anything out of watching this video, but if you flip it and the opening sentence is something that says, you know, this is what the conclusion I came to. I basically decided I need to get really organized. I was watching Netflix last night and I saw the yeah. new but, uh, yep. tidying up. Tidying up, yep. But don't start with, I was watching tidying up. Start right. with, I, I just took apart my whole house and I'm going to tell you why. Like give yeah. them the hook. That's an amazing strategy that, uh, that I'm shocked that I didn't even think of, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not, it's, it's not like I'm, you know, some like brilliant strategist or anything like that's just it. You know, like the fact that, that, um, as soon as you brought that up, it was just like, that's, that's so, it, it seems so simple, but at the same time, no one's doing it. There's not just one way to hook people. You can hook people yeah. with laughter. You can hook people with like so much value. It just blows their mind. People want to be entertained. They want to go off into another place. They want to escape this rat race that I was mm -hmm. in, that I have lived. Believe me, I, I started living that. Um, it felt like wearing concrete blocks, walking into the office at some point, because I was just like, I can't do this one more day. Yeah. And that feeling the last thing I wanted to watch was a boring video or something that didn't just, if it's not going to provide value, I'm, I just want to watch Netflix or I just want to watch something that's going to entertain me, make me laugh. And I even had a, um, a coach one time tell me, you know, coach slash therapist basically say, your assignment this week is to just watch things that make you laugh. Go on, find a comedian, go on YouTube, consume for the entire week things that make you laugh because you are not laughing you are miserable you are <laughs> and miserable people can't really create content yeah i mean just let's be blunt if you're that i mean you can't and let's just say you can right. but that's going to be your whatever direction you're in at that moment i was in a place where i didn't want to create from that place i didn't want to create from a place of being miserable right so. I wanted to find joy and happiness in life again. And I was not feeling it at that time. Yeah. And I did that. I sat in front of the TV. I subjected myself to hours of comedy, stand-up nice. comedy, and I and you, did not laugh. That's what's funny. Really? It took me a long, it took me a long time to laugh. It took me more than a week because she said, Okay, have you laughed? And I'm like, I still haven't laughed. <laughs> it wow. sounds funny now because now I laugh. Yeah. Right. I, I so couldn't laugh. So I got to ask, was there like a specific comic that broke you that finally got you to smile, oh, to laugh? I do like, is it, I mean, I do like the kind of um, SNL, like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Uh-huh. Um, who else did I like? Oh, Amy Schumer. Oh Amy my Schumer. goodness, her. Yep. Yeah, she just, I did lean towards um, female comics. Yeah. Because I felt like their topics, I am a mom. I kept thinking there's, isn't there Ali Wong too? Oh, Ali Wong is fantastic. The baby yeah. special is so funny. Yes. So funny. I feel like I watched her the first time in that special and I didn't laugh. And then I watched it again when I finally got my laugh. I was like, oh, I need to watch that again now that yeah. I can laugh. <laughs> right.
And like so, Lisa yeah. Pinelli, yeah, like, uh, you know, she, I went through as many female comics. I can't remember all their names. I wish I could, cause there are so many. And there was one that I'm trying, I'm struggling with her name, but she started to make me almost laugh. I think she might've been the first. It was such a slow process. There was no like defining moment where I was like right. rolling on the floor laughing. <laughs> I, I would, I would strongly recommend, um, the special, uh, the Kathleen Madigan did called Gone Madigan. Um, it's oh. fantastic. It's so funny. And well, I started watching fun. spoof um, music videos. Okay. You know, you know, those are hilarious. I mean, yep. they, I wasn't laughing at first, but they get, they can be very hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, we stumbled onto uh, Milo the cat videos and oh, they're, oh, they're fantastic. They're so yes. funny. The, uh, just the fact that he was able to blend in perfectly Barney the dinosaur with uh, <laughs> Notorious B.I.G. And, and, it, and it worked so brilliantly. So yeah, it's, I, I definitely get that. So that's, that's a great, that's, a, that's actually like a great uh, tip for our listeners out there. Like if they find themselves not thrilled with how they're going with, uh, with being very uh, self-effacing, mm -hmm. that turn, in, turn on some humor you know, turn on some comedy, get yourself laughing again, because those, those are endorphins. And once you start laughing, you can't help but start to be happy, because you yes. are laughing, you are being happy. So, you know. Um, well, and so I was also going to say that the people, um, or just when I was, um, it reminds me of Harry Potter, it's kind of random, but basically in Harry Potter, when they're trying to get rid of the what ridiculoso do you know what i'm yeah. talking about where oh, yeah. ridiculous yeah from yeah. Uh, of azkaban yeah oh yeah. yeah you can't um have that goblin in the closet or whatever it is you can't have your demons your darkest or your self-effacing your thoughts that you're down on yourself and if you shine light and make them humorous you'll laugh and that's actually one of the things my coach was she was like, just um, think about the humor. It may, it may not be something you ever would want to tell anybody because it could be dark humor, could be whatever humor you can find to make it basically ridiculous. And that's actually how I approach trolls. I mean, I have mm -hmm. laughed so hard at some trolls that have commented. And I think the people who really get through stuff on social media can just laugh about it. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's, and that's really what... Um, that's what really turned me around when I was, when I started out in college, because I went to college to study theater and mm -hmm. you know, study theater, concentration in acting. And um, when I started out, I was doing these dramatic monologues, you know, as audition pieces and everything, wasn't getting anywhere. And then all of a sudden I turned it around completely and I get, and I did a full on comedic monologue that got me as I, I was literally, it was literally down to myself or one other person uh, who is now a friend of mine for the part that we were auditioning for. And so I used that same audition the next semester. Um, and I want to, you know, hearing back from, I think it was like a half dozen different directors for mm -hmm. their, for their projects. So it was, it's, it's amazing what humor can do. And yeah. so it's a very, it's a very uh, powerful tool that you yeah. need to keep in your arsenal. You need to keep it nice and sharp and, and ready to go and don't let it, uh, don't let it die on you. Mm -hmm. um, and for, I was going to say for a client the other day, so I help, um, you know, this is how I work with people now, but I work um, in many different ways. But one way is that they hired me to help them make their content pop. You know, they wanted yeah. to get the hooks. They, they, 
they could see that I was able to do it. And so basically they hired me for that. And for one of their posts, I said, you know, I know I'm pushing. So, you know, these corporate worlds are so buttoned up, but like I said, people are not going to share boring. You've got to make a little bit of a pop. So they were giving the history of their company and the way I was reading it, I was like, it sounds like the Prince of Bel-Air. So I made their history. I rhymed it. I made it pop with that song and they were laughing and I was laughing and it was hilarious. And, but then all of a sudden they go, I don't know if I can post that on LinkedIn. And I was like, do it. I was like, you know how many people would listen to your company's history if you make it pop like that song that's fun oh yeah yeah i like i did um i saw like um i've i've seen videos of people doing like the drunk history reenactments mm-hmm. and you know that's it's genius the way that they do it like it's the way that they the way that they uh, put it together it's just fantastic and it's so fresh just like you said Well, the thing about LinkedIn or the thing about any platform, depending on what it is, if the audience doesn't resonate with it, it just goes away in your newsfeed. It's yesterday's news. Maybe, I mean, obviously I had posts that went really, really large, but I kept telling people, I'm like, I have had posts that in, you know, now that I've reached really big numbers, my biggest post that I ever made was um, in just uh, how many weeks ago, like, Four weeks ago, it went to half a million. (laughs) So yeah, I yeah, seeing the number like five hundred. So yes, that was pretty big, I will say. But the basic is that if you don't hit the mark, it just goes away, or you can delete it. And that's why I keep telling people, the people you if they don't, if you don't, if you don't like it, if your company doesn't like it, if you think that's off brand, well then of course you shouldn't post it. But if you want to add the fun and it's okay and you want to test it, sometimes you have to test the waters and try something that might be a little different. And I, it the hook doesn't always have to be fun, but that is my kind of brand. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Fox. You got to niche down somewhere. Hashtag, you know, like that's. Yeah. You feel, you know, it's, it's something that you want to kind of gravitate towards. So I'd rather spend every day of my life doing and working on posts where I can make their content rhyme with some like rap song. I mean, come on, like, that's just fun. (laughs) That's, I mean, you're, that's living the dream right there. You know, like you're doing doing something that is, that you're passionate about, something that you're obviously very effective at and, and you're having fun with it, you know, like, and that's exactly so much fun. and the, the thing is like the thing that 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 grasped me about this and um, which is really like the the very core of this entire conversation is that this is at everyone's fingertips and all they have to yes. do is give it a shot. Yeah, all you have to do is watch hours of comedy. I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. Well, there's that too. Yes. That, you know, that, that will get you out of your own head. Yes, you know, like, yes, you know, yes. Once once you start, you know, and really like stand-up comics, and the, that out of all the different art forms that are out there, mm-hmm. I have the strongest, absolute strongest admiration for stand-up comics mm-hmm. because all that they, because it is the very essence of, of show business stripped down to one person with a microphone, with a brick wall facade behind them, with a light, you know, like spotlight right on them. And their job 
is to make this faceless audience laugh. And it's, mm -hmm. it's one of those things that's just, it's the hardest thing to do, but at the same time, like there are so, you know, there are some people, there are so many people out there who are just so wonderfully gifted at it. And I, that's always been something that I've always kind of looked at as like someday I'm going to have the nerve to get up there on mm -hmm. that stage with that mic in my hand. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I'm not sure. Um, but at the same time, you know, that's, that's why I always look at, at, uh, at standup comics as like, you know, I, I bow to them, <laughs> you know, just like they're do doing like something that, that's, <laughs> that so many people, you know, really need to, you know, get a grip on doing, you know, that's, yeah. Um, so, um, so you're giving me an idea. I feel like I should, um, I know a stand-up comic that is on LinkedIn. She's very active. I don't know very many active stand-up comics on really? that platform. And she is getting, I mean, incredible traction, attention. She just closed a show, you know, like basically she is She's getting opportunities that I think other stand-up comics, she's being able to own the conversation because nice. she's pitching and putting herself out there. And that's why I think to myself, you know, people need, like, if you're running a podcast, you can meet incredible, incredible guests. Like today I was networking to a potentially really big, <laughs> yeah. really big name and mm -hmm. I haven't even officially launched my podcast yet, but it's, yeah. it's getting traction because of LinkedIn. It's just crazy. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and just like you said, you know, like you can meet some, you know, like amazing people on podcasts. Mm -hmm. Look what's happening right here. You know, yes. look who I have as my guest, you know, tonight. And, you know, that's so to, um, I got two questions just to kind of like wrap things up. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it has to end eventually. Oh, eventually. <laughs> Sadly, eventually, but at the same time, I mean, like, I really hope that this episode just gets downloaded again and again and again because there are so many people that I that I know personally that will benefit from from this. So, well, I took a one minute clip of the last podcast I was on, and again, I don't know whatever is going to pop, but it went to that was viewed thirty thousand times. Oh man! So again, I, you never yeah. know. <laughs> I'm so glad you're my guest. <laughs> <laughs> I will take a clip and I will post it. I will put uh, it out on the internet. <laughs> God, and God bless you for it. You know, like I mean, there's, it's always you know, there's always that moment. So, um, yeah. so. So I got two qu uh, quick questions. The first one would be, what would you give as like a, an initial tip for people? Not just to, you know, get on LinkedIn and see how it is and everything, but what's one tip that you believe will kind of like get them started on that road to prosperity? I think that sense of, you know, like you said, moving the needle in your life and your business. I think if you pick those five people that are kind of right ahead of you mm -hmm. and you start deconstructing and paying attention to what they're doing, how they're showing up, like follow their content, follow their podcasts, like pick, pick the people you say to yourself, if, Oh, if you get a twinge of jealousy about somebody, you know, there's kind of that, like I said, you can kind of remove them from your eye line, but yeah. you don't want to actually remove them in a way because or completely consume them when you're in a place of, I want to see what they're up to because I am inspired by them because I do want what they're getting. Yeah. And if I want that, I need to deconstruct what they are doing to get it. Right. 
if you, and why not dig into that? I had, again, I had a coach that constantly challenged me. Um, her name's Hallie. <laughs> I will mm-hmm. shout her to the ends of the earth, but she basically mm-hmm. was like, get curious, dig into any emotion you have about somebody, get curious. And that might be the thing that unlocks your business. Yeah. Because that might be the thing you're holding back. That might be the mindset shift that you need to have happen. So yeah, that's my thing. Um, I think being able to really put certain people and I have them, I know who they are in my life. And I feel like I call them, I feel like in my head, they're like my advisory board. They may not even know they're on it, but they're my advisory board. And I look at them and I say, Oh, I see what you're doing here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So my final question would be, where can our listeners find you? Because I'm, I'm very confident that there will be some people that want to reach out to you to either pick your brain, to want to bring you on, you know, like uh, to be a consultant for, you know, for them. Um, where can they find you? Where, this is your time to plug yourself. Time to shine. So yep. basically I am <laughs> J-U-D-I-F-O-X. So I always, ha- I always have to say the J-U-D-I part because if you find me online, it's judifox.com. So judifox.com. Mm-hmm. And at the very top of my website will be every single link to find me on Instagram, which I do love. I, yeah. I think it's just fun. It's fun yeah. making Instagram stories and the filters. And I don't know. I actually, well, whatever. I'm getting into the details of what I, again, I'm all about the fun. And yeah. <laughs> um, I know I've fallen back in love with, with Instagram. I, I, I can go out of it for a while, but then you know, like, when I come back into it, I'm just like, okay, what else can I put on there? You know? Yeah. So yeah, I definitely know that feeling. Making stories is fun. And then where, what else? Oh, obviously LinkedIn. So I think yep. if you're going to, if you're going to check me out online, I would say, come on over to LinkedIn. It's a little bit harder to find the news feed of somebody's posts on LinkedIn. I wish they made it a little more front and center, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I think I am working on moving each of my posts to my, um, to my website. So it can Mm -hmm. turn each piece of post into a content piece. If that makes sense, a blog post. Yeah. So, and then I was going to say the, my goals this year, I'm launching a podcast. So eventually that's going to be up on the site. And so if you want to sign up, I don't have any kind of opt-in other than if you don't, I don't spam anybody. I really haven't probably sent out a newsletter very often, but I do keep people posted when there's big announcements. Like the podcast is launching, for example. So if you sign up for a newsletter, you will hear critical announcements. Nice. Listeners, if you are not inspired at the end of, at the end of this episode, there is nothing I can do for you. Really. <laughs> uh, because right, you know, like right now, I want to just like immediately just start getting content rolling. First thing I want to do is I want to make sure that my, my LinkedIn page is, you know, is satisfactory to a point yes. where I feel like I can really But go- don't hit analysis paralysis. It's yeah. progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. That is yes. the perfect, that is the absolute perfect thing that I can that I can think of to wrap up this episode. Progress yes. over perfection. Because all authors know that, you know, like that, you know, when it comes to writing, writing is rewriting. You can't rewrite from nothing. You have to keep going to get that first draft finished. And then you go from there. 
that's mm -hmm. just don't keep looking back because then you're going to get yourself stuck. That's the same thing in writing. That is the same thing in real life. Um, so it's great to have a reminder of that, especially in January, especially during a time when we are all just kind of gearing up to get the next chapter in our lives moving forward. And Judy, having you here is a huge, huge part of that. So I wanna thank you so much for being a part of, of Excelsior Journeys, for being a guest on my show. And for all of you out there, I hope you keep on listening. And for Judy Fox, this is George Soroy saying to you, ever upward.